Today's passage from Ephesians is one that I would call a finally passage. Paul has talked about many things and then he comes to this. And I'm reading from Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 if you want to follow on. Paul says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Take your strength from God. He's the one who's able to do all things. When you have a relationship with him, you can trust him at all times. When David was up against opposition, he knew where to turn. We read, David found strength in the Lord his God. David and his men had been to battle and as they returned, they discovered that the women and children had been taken away. His men turned on him and wanted to stone him, but David found strength in the Lord his God. He knew just where to go. If you don't know this story, I suggest you read it in, in 1 Samuel chapter 30. In Psalm 121 it says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. The hills won't help you. They're beautiful, they're lovely to look at, but they won't help you. But God will. He is my strength, the one who supports in times of trial. God is powerful and nothing is impossible with him. We heard this morning that God is there for us in difficult times. Paul reminds us that we're in a battle. It is a battle, folks. We're in a battle. We need to listen and that we need to be protected. I'm standing here this morning with just ordinary clothes on, no protection. I could have anything thrown at me and I'd be at harm. I've not even got shoes on. It would be no good being a soldier and going into battle and unprepared. The Roman soldier was very well protected. What can we learn from him? Paul says, put on the full armour of God. Not just a bit of it, the full armour of God, so that you can stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armour of God, so that when the evil day, day of evil comes, you will be able to stand your ground. Stand your ground. You need to stand firm. The soldier in battle needed to stand firm. He needed to know that he was fully protected. Not just a bit of it, whole protection. Not just, ha good, just having a helmet because that won't protect your body. It's no good just having your body armour because that won't protect your head. You need the full armour. And we need that same protection against the attacks of the enemy. So what is this full armour? Well, first of all, we have the belt. And Paul says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled round your waist. For the Roman soldier, this, the belt was the first thing he put on and the last thing he took off. It was a foundation for the rest of the armour. 
he needed that belt. Isaiah speaks of God as the God of truth. If God is truth, then he expects us to be truthful too because we're made in his image. We all know the effect that a lie has on people. If you've been lied to by someone, then you will find it hard to trust that person again. The liar will always be trying to cover up that lie and therefore have no peace. It's a constant battle trying to cover up a lie. There's no peace there. But God is truth. In Psalm 31 we read, Into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. Psalm 40 verse 11, May your love and truth always protect me. Psalm 43 verse 6, Send forth your light and your truth that they may guide me. John 14, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus often said, I am telling you the truth. When he came against the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he'd respond by saying, I'm telling you the truth. And if it was important to the Father and Son, so it should be important to us too. And I read this quote from Christianity.org. A lie, no matter how little, gives powers of darkness an opening for attack. But the truth changes them far away. Truth should surround us like a belt. And knowing God's truth is the definite antidote to Satan's lies and deception. And to be truly ready for battle, we must be completely truthful in our inner being, like our Creator. Make sure your belt of truth is in place. And then the breastplate. With the breastplate of righteousness in place. There's no use having the breastplate half on. You need it in place for protection. The breastplate protects the heart if it's securely fixed in the right place. Righteousness is right living. What does the Bible say about this? <clears throat> Matthew 6 verse 33. Do not be anxious, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be yours as well. No amount of worry will make things different, but seek God's righteousness. Look to him for guidance. The righteous in the Old Testament were those who honoured God and lived according to his ways. I believe that that is the same for us today. Psalm 145 says, The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving to all he's made. The Lord is near to all who call on him in truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 14 says, Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? This doesn't mean that we don't have any contact with people who do not yet know Jesus. Jesus himself spent time with those who would have been considered unrighteous in his day, those that weren't accepted in his day. 
What it means is we can't have our feet in both camps. If we do, then we will have a chink in the armour and there will be a pull in two directions. We need our feet in the camp of Jesus. As I thought about this and prayed about this, an example came to me. Dabbling in the occult is no-go area for Christians. Even reading your stars or looking at tarot cards leaves you open to attack. Read your Bible instead and see how God is directing your life. The Bible actually says, do not practice divination or sorcery. Do not turn to mediums or speak, seek spiritists, for you will be defiled by them. They'll damage you. Make sure that the breastplate of righteousness is in place. Honour God. Do what he wants. Read his word. And your shoes. I haven't got shoes on at the moment and I very often don't wear shoes because I'm not very keen on shoes. But I recognise the protection that they give. I'm aware because I walk around barefoot at the times as I've hurt myself and become incapacitated because I had no protection there. For a soldier, he needed that protection to prevent any distraction through injury to his feet. And they also enabled him to stand firm. If you're jumping about on stony ground, you, you can't stand firm. You're trying to avoid the pain underneath. You need those shoes for protection. If you don't protect your feet, you can't go into battle effectively. So what is the gospel of peace? What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. And what is the good news we're declaring? We are declaring that Jesus is the Son of God. God loved us so much that he allowed his Son to come to earth to show us what he's like. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifice so that we could have a relationship with God. He overcame death and went back to the Father so that he could send his Holy Spirit to live in us and guide us. This is the good news. God loves us. God loves us so much that he sent Jesus. This is what he wants us to declare. 1 Peter says, Always be prepared to give an account to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. Sharing our faith is a sure way to maintain our footing. People won't know about Jesus unless we are prepared to share. Jesus himself said in Matthew 28 verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Go and tell. You can't tell unless you know the story. You'll find it all in the Bible. Make it a regular habit to read it. Then you'll be ready. Someone shared recently with me an experience of sharing God's love with someone. It made this person feel really good. That's where you get your peace. The gospel is a story of love and there's peace in love. Share your story. Share the gospel. Share the good news as much as you can. But have those feet prepared. The shield. In addition, take up to this. Take up the shield of faith, 
with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. In Roman times, flaming arrows were thrown at troops. The Roman shield was large and covered with leather, which they would soak in water to put out the fires from the arrows. Protection. Faith. I looked this up in the dictionary. It means complete trust, confidence and belief in someone or something. A firm belief even in the absence of proof. Trust God at all times. This is something I have been aware of through the years. In difficult times, he's reminded me to trust him. I remember sitting once and saying to God, I'd gone through difficult circumstances and I remember saying to God, you must think I'm really special if I can go through all this and still trust you. God knew that I would learn to trust. And I try my best to trust him at all times. When the difficult times come, that little word comes back to me. So often God says, just trust me, just trust me. And that's what I try to do. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. If I don't build my hope on that trust in God, I'm going to struggle and I'm going to be like that sinking sand and go under. I need that protection of faith, that shield of faith to protect me. I know things won't always go as I hoped they would, but I know he is always with me because he promised and he who promised is faithful. In Hebrews 11 verse 6 we read, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We can be certain, we can have that assurance. Abraham was prepared to put his trust in God and be obedient to him by going to sacrifice his son. When Isaac said to his father, where's the sacrifice? Abraham said, the Lord will provide. That was total trust. And God showed him a way out by providing the sacrifice at the last moment. That took an awful lot of trust in God. Daniel's friends faced the fiery furnace. And they said, If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to save us from it, and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or the image of gold that you've put up. They were extremes of faith, but they show how strong faith can be. To stand there and say, we trust our God, even though we're going to face the flames, because we know our God can deliver us. But even if he doesn't, we still maintain that we will not worship your gods. We trust our God. We may be called one day to stand against issues, but in everything we do, we need to trust God. Think of the centurion who came sent to Jesus to ask him to heal his servant. He recognised the authority of Jesus and said, you've only got to say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus turned to the people and said, 
I have not seen such faith in all of Israel. Faith. He knew where to put his trust. Also, the soldiers used their shields to protect one another in a group. And we should work as a body together and encourage one another to trust God. Help each other. Let me come to the helmet. Take the helmet of salvation. The NIV note here says the helmet protected the soldier and provided a striking symbol of military victory. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, the victory has already been won. We have gained our salvation. The mind is the place where Satan plants seeds. We need to declare regularly that we have been saved. As Ricky said the other week, we are on the victory side and take captive every thought and bring it under submission to Christ. Do not let the devil take hold. Do not take in those lies of the enemy. Make sure you have that helmet of salvation. Declare out your salvation regularly. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Is it Satan with his lies? No, it is the lamb who was slain that I might be set free. Jesus is the conqueror. Make sure you wear your helmet so that Satan cannot reach your mind with his lies. You are on the victory side. Don't let anyone tell you any different. By his stripes you have been healed. The chains of sin are broken. Live in victory. And the sword. The sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. This is the one piece of armour that is used for attack. The other's defenders, but the sword is the attacking part. Jesus knew how to use this when he was tempted in the desert. His response each time to the devil's temptations were, it is written. But we cannot use this weapon unless we know what the word says. Regular Bible reading is essential. Ask God to show you what he's saying as you read it so that you can understand it. A good prayer as you begin to read is to take the words from Psalm 119 verse 18. Open my eyes that I might see wonderful things from your law. God, show me what you're saying. Get into the habit of reading it regularly. For families this might be hard, but how about involving the children in it? When some of us were children, we learnt memory verses. These are the things that I still remember. They're the words that have been hidden in my heart that come to the forefront when I'm thinking of things. With a sword, you're on the attack. With it, you can inflict damage to the enemy. You need to be able to fight back as well as being protected. The word of God is your sword, but you're powerless if you don't know how to use it. Make sure you know how to use your sword. For the word of God, it says in Hebrews 4 verse 3, is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and flesh, marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the mind. 
God can challenge through his word, but he also enables us to move forward against the enemy. And then pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Doesn't say occasionally, it says always. As a Christian, the Holy Spirit is in you. Therefore, when you pray, the Holy Spirit is guiding you how to pray if you allow him. Allow him, God, to speak to you as you pray. I remember when I was in a women's team ministering to other people, we were advised that as you pray for people, do not immediately start to pray. First of all, seek God and say, God, how do you want me to pray? It's a good thing to remember, God, what are you saying in this situation? How do I pray in this situation? Don't rush into praying, but seek God. Don't just speak in your praying because you need to listen to God as well. That's allowing to, learning to pray in the spirit. Listen to God as you pray. See how God is showing you to pray. Allow him to work, allow his Holy Spirit to work through you. And then he finishes this passage with pray also for me that whenever I open my mouth, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known all the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. And as I read this, I was reminded that a few weeks ago, I asked you to remember to pray for the leaders of our country. Our leaders in church need your prayers too. They need our prayers regularly. How often do we pray for them? Pray for them on a regular basis. They are our leaders, but they're in the battle with us. Make praying for them a priority so that they might hear from God and lead us in the way he shows us, so that they can guide us, they help us, they strengthen us, but they need our support too. Pray for our leaders, each one of them. So remember to stand, take your strength from God, find your strength in God, stand firm, have the armour on you, be protected at all times. Take the belt of truth. Take the breastplate of righteousness. Take the shield of faith. Wear the helmet of salvation. And take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray. Pray without ceasing. Amen.